Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast, where we help supplement and functional food brands create better products. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm talking with David Thibodeau, Managing Director of WellVest Capital, a contemporary merchant bank focused on our health and wellness market. If you'd like to see the full video of our conversation, you can do that on the Supply Side YouTube channel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Catching Up. I am John Benninger, and today we're going to be catching up with my good friend and longtime colleague, David Thibodeau, Managing Director of WellVest Capital. WellVest is a contemporary merchant bank uh, based in Boston and focused on our health and wellness industry specifically for many, many years. If you don't know them, you certainly know many of the uh, deals and projects that they've been involved with, uh, investment, capital, M&A, and strategic advisory services. Uh, David, thanks for joining us. Uh, John, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet, you bet. Been looking forward to this for a while. And before I always start out with this, before we jump into all the the, the really good stuff about uh, your perspective on what's going on out there right now, I uh, just want to uh, hear from you. How are you? How are the folks at WellVest and, uh, and your family and all that? Uh, Thank you, John, and uh, we are uh, all good, which is uh, terrific. So um, we have been practicing our social distancing and uh, stay-at-home policies. So it is uh, we've been lucky, uh, and uh, I think uh, living a healthier lifestyle, which we practice here at WellVest, is uh, also very helpful in us remaining healthy. So uh, families are healthy and. Uh, and uh, that is uh, most important for us. So we continue to work um, right through this. Fantastic. Good to hear. Um, yeah, that, you know, I feel like our industry, the health and wellness industry, um, this isn't a good time for anyone with all the stuff going on out there in the world. But you're right. Our focus on nutrition and health and uh, the emotional side of it as well and happiness uh, is really coming in handy right now, I think, for a lot of people. I know it is for us. Uh, you just said it for you, and, and I hear that a lot in our in our market right now. Um, I'm really interested in sharing with the audience uh, some of the insight that uh, you at WellVest have there. You send out these reports. I get them. Hopefully, uh, people in the audience get them. If you don't, you should. Uh, but you send out these regular reports on what's going on in the market. And your most recent one, you, uh, it focused almost entirely on what you called the next normal for the health and wellness sector. And I'd like to chat a little bit about that with you today. Um, past performance of our sector and other uh, economic downturns and in other areas. So first off, thanks for doing those reports. I find them useful. My colleagues here at Informa find them useful. But maybe you could share a little bit about uh, what you shared in that report about uh, the impact of what we're all going through right now on this specific industry. Absolutely, and uh, appreciate uh, the uh, the nice words about those reports. We do put a lot of effort in uh, in creating them, and if anybody wants them, just uh, reach out. And if you haven't gotten one, we will get them to you. But uh, you know, we've been in the health and wellness space for gosh, I hate to say this, John, but some thirty years. Uh, it is really quite incredible, and have watched the transformation of this sector over all those years. And I have to say. Today, I'm more excited than I am yesterday, and yesterday I was more excited than I was the day before because the transformation over the last five years has really been dramatic, and I think we've effectively hit a, uh, a tipping point 
where more people are focused on their health than uh, than are less people. So, you know, is it a 50 percent? You know, I don't have empirical evidence, but my sense uh, just from watching and participating in this space that it has been. And I think what's unique about that, uh, going back to the reports, is that over the years uh, in my career, I have seen half dozen, if not eight different times where we've had some very tough times, whether it's financial recessions, uh, uh, 9-11, uh, the dot-com bomb, these, all these events seemed catastrophic at the time, and they were. But what's most unique about people who have decided to make a, a, a decision to live a healthier lifestyle they stay on that program, which is really interesting. I like to say that you know, if you've moved to a nutrition bar instead of Twinkies, you won't go back to Twinkies if you've lost your job. You'll stay on that healthy program. What we find, and we found this over, over past downturns, is that people can control their health. They can't necessarily control their economic situation. So you may lose your job. And if you lose your job, you can't control when you might get another one. But you can control your health. What I mean by that is you can eat better. You can take supplements. You can exercise. You can meditate. You can do yoga. And you can sleep better. All of those things are part of wellness. And so we find that people feel they can control that piece of their life, which is really super important. And, it, you know, it. Like you said, with this industry, people don't walk away from it. I think that right now and in past circumstances, it draws more people in so that not only do we retain the consumers that we already had that had made this decision, I want to be healthier, uh, but in a time like this, people are making changes to sometimes to the way that they feed their family or, or live their life, and more people are drawn into this market. Hopefully they stay as we get through this and become lifelong consumers and people making these healthy decisions. But we kind of win as a market a little bit on both sides, retaining the people that are already here and maybe bringing in some folks that say, you know, it's finally time for me to check out some of this stuff. So it's interesting when the market dropped uh, in the 2007, 2008 time period. And I think well, I was looking uh, at our firm. I was at uh, Canaccord at that point, and we had the TV screens across the office. And you know, every day the market was dropping by five, six hundred points. We only had five days to go before it was dropping to zero. And so, you know, I turned to my uh, research analyst Scott Van Winkle at that time, and I said, Scott, you know, we've weathered past storms just fine. I'm not sure what's going to happen now. And all of a sudden, the data started coming, and, and a lot of data came from our relationships with companies that were selling products. And that was the first indication that, guess what? It's not going to be as bad for our sector as maybe some others. People were still selling products, and at rates that were much faster than they were before. We got information in from the public companies at that time, uh, whether it was GNC, um, Whole Foods, we were starting to get that information in January, February, March, and it was positive. And I think uh, we'll see the same situation now. In fact, you know, looking at all the numbers, whether it's the IRI numbers, uh, Nielsen's, the uh, the data 
that's coming in from our various manufacturers, we are finding that the increase is significant. You know, many companies are working two, three shifts to get product out, and you've, you know, you had other uh, guys on, and and they've told you that same thing. But it's really interesting, and we believe that uh, this is bringing new people in because this is a health-related issue, not a financial-related issue, and so people are saying, "Wait a minute, I got to do something." And about my health. And so they're actually taking a proactive approach to it. And I talk to probably a half dozen, if not 10 people a day across the capital provider market, uh, the operating company market. And it's interesting to hear how many people say we are going back to supplements. So not only are we getting people back into it, but we're also gaining new customers. And so in a perverse kind of way, you know, this is what we had hoped for, not the COVID, but we have hoped that more and more people would understand that living a healthier lifestyle is what's necessary to bend the healthcare cost curve in the United States. You make a really good point right there because we can talk about our market and the market success and the companies. But if you think about public health, and I've heard you and the folks at Wellness talk about this before. Uh, yes, there's all of this, you know, market specific stuff. But let's talk about public health and how do we deal with public health and the crisis that would be coming if we don't sort out how to keep people healthy. We, we can't afford as our population ages to have people continue to get these preventable lifestyle diseases and, and spend so much money on, on medicine there when we have all the means right now through healthy lifestyle and diet and supplements and exercise to confront these things. So uh, hopefully that's going to be one of these consumer trends that goes beyond a trend from this COVID situation and turns into a, a long-term thing that sticks with us. And I'm guessing that's what you're not only hoping, but thinking is going to happen. Well, I think uh, we, we are not only hoping, but we are working hard to make sure that happens. So when we can push agendas that uh, create uh, healthier lifestyles, we want to do that. When we can help finance companies that are doing uh, doing things that help it make it easier for someone to live a healthier lifestyle, and it's I'm so excited as I said earlier about where we're going because so many great companies have started. So many of the companies that have been operating for 20, 30 years, 40 years are doing things now that they would never have had imagined that they were doing when they started those companies. And we are going to bend the cost curve, and I think we'll get kind of three major constituents to uh, to really get on board. One is our policymakers. Uh, the second is the education institutions that are, need to recognize that nutrition is critical, and third is the insurance companies. So as we start to really pull this together, I think those constituents will notice and start really doing something about it. But it's incumbent upon our industry to lead the way. And uh, it's, it's interesting to think about how something as challenging and, and in some cases horrible as the COVID situation uh, could have outcomes that are actually good. And that's one of them that I think will be good, the long-term health of our society uh, as a result of this currently horrible moment that uh, we're all trying to get through. Um, I wanna ask a little bit also about how this situation is infecting, uh, affecting the investment community because 
Um, you know, there are companies at all stages of development as the producers of Expo West, that's a show where companies try to come launch. And in some cases, that's their big deal, you know, and we weren't able to have Expo West this year in, in other events. And so there's disruption everywhere. From your view, how is the situation affecting uh, investment at any level in these types of companies? So that's a really uh, on-target question because uh, we are living and breathing that every day right now. And there is uh, there are several different levels. Uh, so there's the public markets, and we've seen the public markets uh, spring back uh, to you know within 15 percent of, of their highs. The Nasdaq is even uh, you know three percent away from its high. That uh, you know how long that lasts? Will there be a second downturn? You know we'll see. We'll leave that up to the pundits to decide. But the public markets are are very active, um, but no IPOs uh, to speak of. Uh, there, I think there have been two or something since this whole thing started. Um, the private markets are where all the action is. And so private markets are made up of both uh, private equity, venture capital. They're just the difference between those two are different stages of companies' uh, life cycle. And then uh, there's the private debt market. And as we got into uh, this, as we came into 2020, those firms had more dry powder. And what dry powder means is more capital behind them that they, than they have ever had in the entire history of uh, the private equity venture capital industry. Much, much stronger than they were in the 20, uh, 2008 uh, downturn. So that is really positive for companies that need capital, and whether it's on the venture side or the private equity side. Venture, I think, is gonna be a little bit more challenging. By nature, the earlier stage companies, if they're not directly on target in terms of what they're selling and it's in demand, it's gonna be challenging for you to get a venture capital funding. Private equity is gonna be a little bit different. And I think if you're a company in our space, Right now, and that's the broad health and wellness space. You could be a supplement company. You could be a natural, organic, or functional food company. If you are, have your fundamentals in place and you need capital, capital is absolutely available. Um, will deals get done at the values that they might have been in uh, 2019? I don't think so. But for good companies that are performing and that have great outlooks, good valuations will be had. We've seen it in the past downturns. We've, we've negotiated a lot of those deals. The, the structure may be a little different than it was, but you can still get to that valuation um, that you'd like to get to, assuming it's reasonable. Well, it's great news for a lot of people. It's great news for our whole market, and uh, it makes sense. We're a high-value market right now. I look at, uh, I have a lot of conversations with a lot of folks, sometimes on the show and other times just you know talking. And what I'm hearing is what you said, that Companies are, their sales are going up in, in many cases, not every case, obviously, but uh, sales are going way up. In some cases, their biggest challenge is keeping up with the demand, uh, whether that means trying to find enough supply or get the manufacturing capacity that they need in that sort of thing, which is, you know, given the choices, a pretty good problem to have. So uh, do you think that we're going to see more folks that you've been in this market, like embedded in the market for all of this time? Uh, do you think uh, we're going to see more capital and more investors that have not been in this market try to come this direction and say, wow, this seems to be a bright spot 
right now? Is that uh, is that on the horizon? Let's uh, let history be our guide here. And uh, in 2001, January of 2001, just as the dot-com bubble was bursting, you couldn't get someone to invest in the health and wellness space. There weren't as many investors today, but if you didn't have dot-com behind your name in uh, 2000, 1999, 2000, you found it very difficult to get capital, despite the fact that these were real companies having real revenues with real CEOs and management teams and making real profitability. January of 2001, the bubble burst, my phone was ringing off the hook by investors that had never even considered investing in consumer or the more tighter uh, category of health and wellness. So I think we'll probably see the same thing here. We do have, as I said, you know, there's, I think there's 50% awareness of health and wellness today and the fact that you got to do that. In the financial community, I suspect it's probably 70%, uh, just given the type of people that are in that industry. So I, I do think more money will come into this um, and hopefully you know, we'll manage that carefully so that it's, uh, it's money that's accretive to the category and, and smart money. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. I think that, and, and plus, if you think about now, so many people, so many more people are aware of the health and wellness market. It's not a big secret anymore. It's not this niche little thing with a bunch of hippies over here, you know, selling uh, organic, whatever. It, it's mainstream. It's what consumers want. All the brands know it. All the retailers know it. All the investors know it. Uh, and uh, with everything going on out there in the world right now, it becomes even that much more attractive, I think, uh, to people to look at as a potential investment opportunity or even a startup opportunity. You know, um, I think we're going to see as we get through this, we may not be there yet, but as we get through this, I think we're going to see incredible innovation uh, from companies. And that could be in the types of products and the formulations they come up with, could be in the packaging, could be in how it's distributed, thinking about all these supply chain disruptions. And that could present a whole other level of opportunities for uh, investment in, in mergers and acquisitions and that sort of thing. Now, again, we're not quite there yet, but as we get a little bit further through this, uh, I have to believe that as much innovation as you've seen over the last few decades in this market, this next wave could be even bigger. I agree with you 100%. And we're going to see that uh, really start to accelerate. I would say, you know, when do we come out of this? Hard to say but we've definitely changed how we're behaving. And I think uh, people have been reflecting on that for the last two and a half months. And I think they've come to the conclusion that they do need to make changes. And so how do we deliver products and services, health and wellness products and services to those customers? How can we be unique? So is it a new delivery uh, method? Is it, uh, is it packaging and, and marketing materials that help a consumer understand what they're doing more than they could in, or they had in the past. So I suspect we're going to see a lot of innovation. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, um, likewise. And, you know, I, I, we've known each other for uh, many years. Our first supply side show was in 1997. Uh, like you said, you've been in the market about 30 years. I'll be hitting my 30 year anniversary in the industry this uh, October, actually, and hard to uh, believe. 
Yeah, right. And where'd the time go? But look at look at us. It's all the healthy living and the supplements and everything that keeps us so uh, young and positive and vibrant, right? Um, but no, you're one of the most positive uh, people I know of many positive people in this market. And I've seen how uh, you have weathered through these past things, uh, these at the time horrible things, whether it's 9-11 or the dot-com crash or the uh, the Great Recession or, or all of these different things. And we'll get through this. Uh, I believe that, you believe that. But I'd like to, I always ask everybody, you know, as we go through all this together, uh, what are the things that keep you positive, hopeful, confident that uh, we're not only going to get through this, but we're going to get through this and come out the other side uh, stronger? You know, John, um, when I think about that question, I think about all the great things this industry does for people. And, uh, and my, my view is uh, if we do good for the population and, and we do good for humanity, we do good for ourselves. And so I keep that in mind all the time. And so how can we add more value to someone's life? And if we can help them live a healthier lifestyle, it's huge gratification. So that that actually keeps me going, along with a lot of exercise, eating right, and a, as you well know, a cocktail here or there, or sometimes more. Um, but uh, you know, it's a balance. It's really keeping a strong balance. It's uh, having family around, having good friends, having great associates uh, on the business side like you. It's those things that keep me positive. And uh, again, knowing that. Everything we do day in, day out is going to help the public as we move forward. So it's just an exciting time to be in the health and wellness sector. And I think everybody should feel the same who's participating in the sector. Absolutely. Uh, this is a very important time in the market for us, not just financially, not just the business side, but this is our calling. This is our time uh, to help our communities, our family, uh, the world get through this. And as a result of that, as a result of that good work, uh, we will come through this and be stronger on the other end. And by we, our businesses, but also these communities. So um, you know what? Uh, I love being, anytime there's a challenge like what we're going through now and these past challenges, I'm thankful that I'm in this market and I'm thankful that people like you are in this market who are here for the right reasons doing it uh, uh, for the long-term view. So thank you for all of that. And I cannot wait to get together with you in person, hopefully soon. And uh, do a toast, have a cocktail, uh, anything, have a bite to eat, whatever, whether it's at a trade show or on a visit to Boston. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing you in person again soon, David. Can't wait to see you out here. And, uh, you know, if they do play baseball, maybe we'll get to a ball game. I can't wait for that, too. <laughs> All right. All okay. right. Uh, let's catch up again uh, maybe uh, in a few weeks or a month or a month and a half. And I'd love to, based on whatever the world looks like then, get some more input from you because you've got a unique view on this from where you sit. And I'm sure our uh, listeners and viewers are going to benefit from that. So let's, let's do this again. Absolutely, John. I'd be happy to do that. And I can't wait to see you in, in person soon. All right. Thanks, David. Take care. Yep, you too. Thank you for listening to a Healthy Insider Podcast, now available on Apple Podcasts or through Google Play. Subscribe now to never miss an episode.